Welcome to the Corporate Legal Ops Consortium podcast, where we dive deep into conversations with technology and legal ops thought leaders from across the ecosystem. This is Clock Talk. I'm your host, Jen McCarran. I'm on the board of directors at Clock, and I lead the Netflix legal operations and technology team. On this episode, we're headed to the podcast lounge at Clock's 2023 EMEA Summit in London, where I'm joined by Carol Valencia, legal designer, UX design unicorn, and full stack developer who's fostering combos around change management and legal technology in the global legal tech hub in Spain. We get into legal design, what it is and why we should care about it. Some of you know I've been a skeptic of this discipline in the LinkedIn comments, but sitting with Carol, it is undeniable that legal design is a discipline and there's so much excitement going on around it, especially in Madrid. Hope you enjoy the episode. Carol Valencia, welcome to the Clock Talk podcast. Thank you for having me. I see a great purple theme, purple, pink from the clock branding badge to your laptop, to your lipstick, to your social media presence. Is that what you mean by legal design? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, actually the yeah. unicorn is the mascot of legal design movement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the unicorn's the mascot. Yeah. That's cool. Who decided that? Just all of you guys? Yeah, that's all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Carol, so this is our first time meeting and like a minute before you walked in and we did absolutely zero prep on this podcast conversation topics wise. So we're free form right now. You are a legal design slash influencer extraordinaire. You're based in Madrid. And tell me about This legal design thing, this was a topic on the last podcast, and I was also in the comments on LinkedIn recently, absolutely negating it. I've been all over this legal design topic. I'm wrestling with it. I was in a great debate in the comments. Were you in those comments with me? Uh Yeah, yeah. yes. You were like, I was there. All of Spain was there. There's a huge cohort of legal designers yeah. Out of Spain, I've seen. In Latin America, I'm originally from Peru. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so everyone was there schooling me on things. So tell me what legal design is <laughs> and why I should care about it. Well, you should care about it. I will start with that question because I think it's very important to understand that everything in our lives has been designed. Even ourselves have been designed by something, by someone, but to be here at this moment in this present. Because everything has been designed, then why the legal sector shouldn't be designed? And I see like the design part of every process or every project or whatever is like the first you learn to walk before running. So the tech part comes like with the running, like after the design. So that's why I think the design part is key important. And then when you deliver or you are trying to do product design on legal tech, software platforms, whatever, and also you deliver legal services and such, then you have to be aware that you are designing for people. So maybe it's better to have this human-centered design approach, which is also design at the end. You can call it whatever, legal design, human-centered design, but it's design. I'm looking at your background. Wait, are you a lawyer? Yeah, I'm also a lawyer. God bless you. You're a lawyer too. Why did you do that? And how did you get, I see a lot of UX design back there too. So you went lawyer, but teaching, you never really lawyered. 
you make your way to UX, I mean, I see a lot of work back there, which that makes total sense for just how legal people touching tools, everything software. How did you make that jump? Yeah, well, to be honest, I did practice law because I mean, in Peru, back on the days, yeah. you are allowed to start as a trainee, whatever you can yes. find the opportunity since the first year. So the career there lasts six years. <laughs> No four, no three, like in other countries, six years. So then if I started since the second year or second semester, sorry, then I started in first year. So those six years of career plus five more years. So you make your accounts. And then after that, working on private and public sector, traditional law, then I decided that probably I will give it a try to some other networking sessions because in the lawyers' networking sessions, there were only lawyers. And it was quite boring, to be honest. So then I decided to join other networking sessions and I met engineers, designers and developers and they brought me to the dark side. The dark side? Wait, what's the dark side? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just kidding, but I mean, oh, like this more the design te- slash tech, tech side. Yeah, indeed. And legal stuff. Yeah, indeed. I guess it is the dark side. <laughs> yes. Even though people like you and I are bored with lawyers, but not, they're not boring. They're quite amazing people. But sometimes the work itself, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do the work. Yeah. But, you know, I guess we see in purple and unicorns. Yeah, indeed. I love purple. I mean, I have my hair purple until two months ago. Sorry to disappoint you. I'm not Carol G anymore. Wait, what does that mean? Like Carol G, it's a Colombian singer with different colors. Yeah. Amazing. So you've been doing the design now for how many years? The design? Like until now, it's going to be six years at the end of this. Six years. Yeah. Are yeah. you ever going back to being a lawyer? No, I don't think so. Full lawyer? I don't think so. Maybe something in between. Yeah. But what I'm actually doing right now, like a certain kind of legal operation service for a law firm in Peru, that's the farthest I will go back. (laughs) What is this international alliance that I've heard and read about that you're a part of? Ah, Global Legal Tech Hub. Global Legal Tech Hub. What's going on there? Tell us about it. Well, the Global Legal Tech Hub Association, it's like a cool hub. Where, a cool, it's a cool hub. Yeah, it's a cool hub. Yeah, it's not like others that are trying to sell something. You know. We just get together to get some drinks, some important and um, value content for all of the members. And also we support each other. For instance, you can have iManage plus NetDocuments having a conversation there. I mean, it's not that they are competitors and such. Also, any person interested in design, law and tech, they can join us. And then it's also based in Spain, but everyone from everywhere can join. And also we are trying to get together all of the other associations out there. Bar associations, for instance, the International Legal Tech Association, the Australian Legal Tech Association, because they seem to be like kind of far in their own uh, regions, but we are trying to gather all of them together. Yeah. And when you gather you're fostering combos about design or legal tech rather between them all? Yeah, between them all, but especially focus on change management and the level of of legal tech softwares and how is it going with the trends. Remember there was this wave or blockchain, then cryptocurrencies and now AI. Yeah. Blockchain. Where's that now? Where's blockchain? (laughs) Yeah, I want to know as well. Is anyone doing anything in legal, like on the ground that we can talk about with blockchain? There must be, but I mean, I think like also even the metaverse was, seems to be like a bluff. 
I think it was a bit of a pump fake. Yeah. Although indeed. I did do a concert in the metaverse. And oh, I, you didn't invite me. I was not. Everyone on LinkedIn was invited. You must not have liked and subscribed or hit my little bell on LinkedIn. Yeah, because I follow you since, I mean, even before the pandemic. But yeah. yeah. Sometimes you can't trust the algo and you have to. Yeah. The algo has this crazy tricks that I don't understand. The algo has tricks and yeah. I'm going to say it. I'm going to call it. I think the LinkedIn algo reset in the last four to six weeks because everything is different in impressions and analytics. And someone even reached out to me and asked me if I was okay because they hadn't heard from me. And I said, no, I'm still out there reading and writing, maybe smash the bell. But yeah, I, I did a metaverse concert couple people came. It was very fun. I Is it still there somewhere that I can find? Yes, but I've disallowed them from rebroadcasting it because it has my original music in it. And Oh, uh, well, then maybe after pulling, you can sell me some yeah, link. Something. I'm pulling all the artist diva tricks. I'm like, don't play my music out there again without my <laughs> written consent. Never use my face. Yeah, they have to pay you. Yeah. But keep my wearable in case we want to do another concert. We made band t-shirt NFTs. Well, I sing, so maybe we can do something. You sing? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What kind of music do you sing? Anything. Cool. Do you record it? Yeah. Yeah? Do you release it? Yeah. I can send you the links. Oh, after. all right. Well, we're going to do some music yeah, links yeah. and exchanges after. What style music is it? Is it Latin music? No, not only Latin. Actually, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I seen those in the disco and clubs. I was in the Legal Design Summit last weekend and I was like kind of the DJ. I oh. lost my voice, but I recovered for today. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but because I was doing the singing while playing the songs. Yeah. What? You were singing and DJing? Yeah. Like yeah, off yeah. of a DJ board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ori original and, songs? Or no, Latin mixes and such. Oh, like Latin yeah, mixes. Yeah, Still, yeah but that's then I mean, cool. yeah, thank you. But then I sing, I don't know, R&B, like hip hop. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, those things like Nora Jones, I mean, blues. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's hard singing. That's yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. rock and roll singing is rock easy. Rock and roll, singing, yeah. I used when, to sing in a rock band before. Oh, Really? Yeah. Okay. But oof, that's 20 years ago. Oh, or wow. More. 20, yeah. we're going back a ways. But fun. And see, that, now all that explains why you were bored with yourself being a lawyer. <laughs> Newsflash here. There are cool lawyers as well. Yeah, of they course. also see. There are so many cool lawyers. There are so many cool lawyers who have done other careers, other pursuits, etc. But again, the work itself is soporific for me, meaning... I fall asleep very easily. Like I thought about going to law school and I knew I would fall asleep reading all the reading. So I just stayed touring as a musician instead. And here we are. You're a creative, turns out. Yeah. And sensitive, I think. Oh yeah. It's sensitive. If you are creative and you are sensitive, then those are two of the key components of becoming a legal designer, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. It's funny. I'm thinking of Tessa as well, because yeah. she has a big legal design. I've been to some of her metaverse stuff and the gatherings and like people are coming and there's yeah. a lot of energy coming out of Spain from you both on all of this. But yeah, in the comments, when I was talking with you all recently going, there's no such thing as legal design. I realized after doing all the reading that I've been doing an element of that in my work. Mm -hmm. It just, I never called it that. And I think yeah. that we've been at a shortage of terms and nomenclature to define the work we're doing in these niches inside the niche of legal. So I'm with it. I'm with you guys. 
I'm a creative that has tripped and fell into our work. Maybe I'm legal designing. I think everyone can be a legal designer because, I mean, there is this aim to always put the prefix legal, like legal operations, sure. legal project management, was, legal design. Which was my point in the comments and some of our combos out there. I'm like, there's actually no such thing as legal ops. It's just ops. Yeah, indeed. But all the inputs and outputs are focused on legal work product, legal people, yeah. and, out- and outcomes that help legal departments. But it's conceptually all very generic. It's design. Indeed. But you've grounded it in our wonderful niche industry. If you want to do it because of the community approach and also like this niche like in the industry, yeah, sure. But to be honest, I'm very aligned with what Kat Moon says. She also spoke in the legal design seminar and it's like, I'm more related to the work, human certain design or, or just design, because like I told you at the beginning, everything is design. So whatever you call it, it's design. Call it whatever you want. It's funny you say you should be creative and sensitive to do this kind of work. Tell me more about the sensitive part. Ah, that's sensitive that before speaking in the legal design statement, you almost cry. Yeah, it's so funny. If I can describe to our listeners the face you just made when you looked up, it was like you were looking up in a almost cry kind of, that's the instant face you make. Not that you're almost crying, but to create is being on the border of the emotional plexus yes. it's crossing that. That's what makes for sensitivity is you can cross these lines, feel things, feel everything being felt in the room or the person or the client or Indeed. the crisis going on in or outer. You can actually take out your own biases and yeah. prejudice like out for a moment in order to have this conversation with your clients, yeah. with your team and be able to empathize properly with them. Yeah. And that's they- what empathy really is. Yeah. It's not just something you read about in, in yeah. a Harvard business review article Yeah, no. in a company in 2023. Empathy is actually feeling other people's feeling so much that you take it on or you forget, or you can channel it or you can pull it through something and then pull it to an end together. Yeah, indeed. So, I mean, that's also part of being sensitive, but I mean, of course you can decide to cry at that moment and that's okay. But then after the crying, then you have to came up with an outcome that can help that people, that client, those team members that you have the conversation with. And then you have to be also very resilient. And like, I think people give sensitivity, I'm air quoting, a bad rap, like they're sensitive. It's not just about crying a lot. Yeah, no, no. Like sensitivity for me means deep intuition. And yeah. when sitting with someone, just listening to them and having a feel for where they're coming from and who they really are mm-hmm. really quickly. And I don't know. Do you experience this? I experience this when I'm meeting someone, sitting down, work meeting, any kind of meeting. I could feel where they're at and I can tell if it's aligned with what they're saying or not. And sometimes I'm like, oh, they're cool. They do this. This is their title. Great. But then sometimes there's like a negative kind of coming through the wire and you're like, oh, I'm like, something's going on with them. Yeah, I have the same. You have the same. That's like intuitive sensitivity. Yeah. For instance, I mean, I met someone in this uh, last conference about legal design. To be honest, at the beginning, I thought that she was kind of snuff. But when I met her, she actually reached out to me. And she highlighted three use cases that I have been working on with my team. So she's really a follower. And I was like, wow. And the most humble 
yeah. person ever met. Yeah, it's it's amazing when you really meet people. Yeah, that comes through. Yeah, but you also need to be resilient because then you need to be very resilient. So, what do you do to be resilient? I really relate to that. I'm an artist and musician yeah. and now legal person, and I still make art and I still make music, and the channel's always there. When you talk about it's like after being open and making things, doing the work, like you have to come out of creative conceptualizing and then hit the ground running and execute a project, which is the left side of the brain. What do you do to take care of yourself and in, in making those transitions? What does that look like? I go to conference. You go to conferences? <laughs> so then I have the plane to chill for a moment, close my eyes and forget everything. I bike a lot. Like, oh, like on a bicycle? Yeah. Oh, I that's cool. Almost every there day. There it is. Every yeah. day. And also like I pray, prayer person. You want to call it like that? Wherever it's out there, I pray to that. And then, I don't know, I think I try to do good things for others. So that also helps me to feel, even when I'm feeling terrible, my father is very bad with cancer right now. Yeah, last week I, I gave it all to the Legal Design Summer teams that I, of my challenge. And then I broke because it was so much energy that I was trying yeah. to hold. I'm surprised yeah. you say conferences because I find... As the introvert that I am, I find conferences extremely draining. Yeah, it's true. But in my case, also makes me look at the things from a different perspective. So I say, okay, I'm going to do this for to help others or yeah. to try to share something that can add value to their lives. Sure, yeah. So yeah. that's why I, I think- It's uplifting in that respect too. Yeah. And it's a, conferences are a great place when the kind of work you and I do, we get to come and- connect about it yeah. with peers who really care to hear how'd you do a thing, how'd you build a solution or what you have to say. Whereas when I'm in my role inside of a company, uh, nobody cares. Yeah, it's just do the work, be yeah. quiet, tell us what we need to know and navigate the actual work. So yeah, yeah I guess there is an energizing aspect to this as indeed. well. Indeed, because of course I ended the day very drained, but then when I am starting to sleep and I try to summarize all the highlights of the day. And I see the faces of my mentees and the people that I collaborate with or I work. And then is the meaning, the purpose, why I do this like every day. It doesn't matter if my father has cancer, then I will wake up again. Yeah. It's so interesting. Creativity and sensitivity. I'm kind of circling around that still. And then the things you just said, like cycling, yeah. moving the body, prayer, being of service to others, community connection so that you can feed all of that because creativity and sensitivity, that's a big engine. It requires a certain kind of gas. Yeah. But also the planes, don't, don't forget about that part because if you go to the conference, then you have these five hours in the plane, like fully alone, just you and your thoughts and maybe your AirPods, if yeah. you have good music. Yeah. And then when your phone has no more battery. What's your thing when you get on the plane? Like music. Actually, I'm very engaged with Argentinian Cumbia Villera. Cool. Lately. <laughs> I have to send you those. So you listen or you write, you make? No, I listen. No, I listen. Yeah, no, I, I hope I will do it, but no, I just yeah. listen. And then it's the same sounds like yeah, <laughs> all, sure, over, sure. all over, all over, all over. That's okay. And then when the battery is gone, then I just close my eyes and- And sleep. Yeah. yeah. Or read. Yeah. Planes are a very creative place for me. Yeah. Whatever I put in front of me on a plane, I know it's going to be bonkers. And sometimes once in a while I'll do for Netflix, a set of slides, a message I have to deliver soon. I might start that on a plane. And yeah. whenever I'm back on the ground and I'm about to deliver these slides, I say, 
I did these on a plane. So they're either brilliant or completely insane or both. And they always laugh. And I'm like, here we go. And they're usually some crazy heightened animation that I'm doing of a message. And it turns out quite funny. There's something happens up there in the sky. Yeah. It, it heightens sensitivity and gives me myopia. And yes, yeah, two nights ago, I got on a plane and I said, I'm not getting off this plane until I figure out how to balance <laughs> my new gimbal. You guys, yeah. you guys like my gimbal here. It is not insignificant in yeah. function and in cost. And they're very <laughs> hard to balance gimbals. Yeah. And the line at B&H photo video in New York City at the gimbal counter is very long because no one can balance these things. And I went on the plane and an hour and a half later, I figured out how uh, to oops. operate and balance the gimbal. That would have taken me four hours on earth, but something about being up that high. More creativity, yeah. And it was so intense and I, I would turn it on and then the camera would flop. And then people around me started watching that when I finally got it to balance, the woman next to me cheered. I got a round of applause and then we all fell asleep. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. I mean, because maybe we can figure it out like with logic, like for instance, when you are on the air, then you are also kind of following the, the speed of the airplane. So yeah. that's why it's faster. Yeah. I mean, you're going 500 miles an hour yeah, in a tin can through the sky. I yeah. mean, talk about technology and the wonderment of that. And it's not falling and to create in this little tin can, mm -hmm. God, it's like such a funny visual. Like there, you and I are up in the sky, you're bopping out to the Argentinian music, yeah. just getting inspired at elevation. Yeah. And I finished one book in just two hours. And you'll feel like burn through a book in yeah. two hours. Yeah. And there I am making slides, balancing my gimbal. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice to meet you and to hear about the global legal tech hub. I have to figure out how to come to a thing of yours. I need to come hang out with the creatives and the sensitives. Yeah, You're more my people. Yeah, of course. Whenever you want, you can come to Spain. I'm actually jumping between Madrid and Amsterdam. So wherever you are in Madrid or Amsterdam, you have a room in my place. I'm yeah. trying to get over to Amsterdam to see my Netflix people there and to yeah. visit some other folks from our industry there. So yeah, keep just you, give me a message. Yeah. yeah, keep you posted on that. Thanks for coming on Clock Talk today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we'll do this again soon. I'm thrilled about this. That about wraps up this episode. Thank you, Carol, for coming on the podcast today and for sharing your legal design insights and inspiration. Catch this and other episodes of Clock Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time, 